Hello and welcome to the ME7 podcast. Tonight, we review the Wimbledon game then. The Jill started the 2022-23 campaign with a below-par performance in SW17 on Saturday afternoon. After goals from Ethan Chislett and Jack Curry secured Johnny Jackson's side, their first win in 2022. We always love giving presents away, don't we? Us Tonight, we review Saturday's game at Plough Lane. We look at some individual performances of Neil Harris's men. We will, we will also talk about if there is a reason for concern. Don't read Twitter because you'd think we'd be relegated. And what we need recruitment-wise before the window shuts, uh, slams shut on at the end of this month. And we will finally preview this Saturday's game against Rochdale. As you can see, I'm full of optimistic Jill fans after Saturday as we are joined by Josh Wilson, Matt from Jill's in the Blood and Owen Stanley as ever. Good evening, gents. How are we all? I'm all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saturday, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. 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 Um, okay. Uh Josh, uh, we'll come to you first. Um, yeah, just give us give us your review after Saturday. Then. Uh it, it's disappointing. I, I think that we uh we showed real promise in, in pre-season. Uh, and to me, we sort of reverted to, to type a little bit in that game against Wimbledon. We gave away two very soft goals in my opinion, particularly the second. Uh just not tracking around there, it, you know, forward thing, but it's worse. Um, for me, uh, we were just incredibly slow in our build-up. So even though we were playing some some fairly decent football at times, it was quite easily dealt with. Um, so so that that's my main concern. For me. I think we just need to be that little bit more incisive with our passing. Yeah, Matt, give us give us your yeah. Own. I can't really disagree with what Josh said. I think I think there was plenty of mirror images from last season unfortunately wasn't there start well press a team concede back off become predictable go in at half time trailing come out have a go doesn't work revert to long ball concede a soft goal lose a football match unfortunately and that, that's not me sitting here saying that, that we're going to be struggling all season long because it's it's 90 minutes out of, of 46 games but like josh said We've gone to, to Luton. Obviously, that was behind closed doors. We couldn't really see much of that. But the reports coming out of the game, certainly from our side, were that we were unlucky not to nick a draw second half. We saw bits of it early on in the summer at Folkestone and Dover. Especially Dover, I went to. We were box to box. We were very good. Um, Portsmouth deserved a draw. Switched off at the end. Um, Crystal Palace, for 45, 50 minutes, were absolutely first class. And that was against a side that had seven, probably, that are going to be pushing to start their Premier League game. So... It, it was just so frustrating and, and sort of deflating that the fact that, that everything was so slow and cautious. And to me, it just looked like too many. It dawned on them that it was suddenly it was for points and it wasn't a friendly. And there was actually some sort of prize dangling at the end of the game. And there was a few, I don't want to dig him out, but Will Wright particularly looked like one like a rabbit in the headlights first half. And it, he set the tone, unfortunately. He took too many touches when the ball came back to him from centre, got it charged down. Wimbledon fans were up. We then tried to counter doing that to them, and we did for a period. But after the first goal went in, which is a very good goal, you can't do anything about the touch and finish. Um, we just became all too predictable, sadly. Yeah, um, Owen. Yeah, to give give us your your overriding feelings after Saturday's defeat. 
Yeah, I think the boys have summed up pretty well. I think it was a feeling of uh, you know, disappointment, obviously, the first game of the season, regardless of how, how well you think your team's going to do for a whole 46-game campaign. You always go into it with a renewed optimism, maybe hope rather than expectation in some senses. But, yeah, I think I think we just we, we saw that the squad is, is still lacking in numbers. I think the main problem I had is um, what me and Reese talked about in the game was that it's the same sort of problem as last season. When we go one nil down, you don't see at this moment in time two goals in this Gillingham side, and I think that was quite apparent, especially when you know we were relying on Joga Bose, who you know it's not his fault. He's a young lad; he shouldn't really be thrown into that situation. But obviously, it's, as he found out, it was due to a work permit that Lewis Walker couldn't be involved, so that obviously didn't help either. I'm not too, you know, the second goal. I'll get onto it in a second. The first one, I'm not as critical on as Neil Harris was. I think. Really, it's more about the quality of the strike than anything else. Nine times out of ten, that flies over the bar. And no one says anything about it. I actually think it was a decent enough header away from thinking it might have been bagger. And then, you know, the strike's what it is. And it's, you know, you can't do anything about it. As Matt said, the second one is, is second one just really, really poor from our point of view, isn't it? I mean, Morris makes a decent save from the free kick. Aimer lucky not to be sent off by giving away that after the trip and had already been booked. You know, um, we let him take the quick throw. It's an easy, just hook around the corner, and you know Alexander. He's just, he's just he just stands there. Like he doesn't seem to have any. Doesn't look like he looks behind him to see where anyone is, or doesn't doesn't seem to know where he is at that point in time. And the uh, left fullback for Wimbledon and just sees a space open up and runs straight into it because there's no challenge. And that's you know as I said on our, our fan cam, it's reminiscent of the back end of last season we were conceding three headers away at Portsmouth and not home to Rotherham and it's another one of those things where it just it can't happen in a game like that. you can't make mistakes like that and expect to get anything out of the game so that was really disappointing and obviously it was as it turned out a nailed in the coffin because even with 20 minutes left at 2-0 when we hadn't created much all game anyway we obviously you know, didn't have much hope of getting back into it from that point and that's how it proved Yeah Josh um, yeah H- Harris obviously come out after and and had said that we we were the better team um, in in large periods, and and obviously you mentioned about also prided himself on both defensively and offensively. Um, do you, what did you make of the manager's comments? I thought I thought they were a little bit baffling, from considering what he's come out and said previously. Uh, I I. I don't, we weren't the better side. Obviously, we lost 2-0. Uh, I don't think that Wimbledon were an exceptional side. I think that uh, the way we played sort of enabled them to look better than they were. Uh, I mean, for me, the second goal was, like Owen said, was so poor. Um, Alexander was just ball-watching, not tracking, tracking his man at all. Uh, and we can see a header. And uh, it's just something that shouldn't be happening first game of the season you know it's something you expect a little bit later on with fatigue but when you've had weeks working with someone you expect a, a fairly routine defensive clearance there but obviously we conceded um yeah no I, I disagree I don't think that we were the better team they were the better team but um I think just because we had a couple of periods of nice possession I think the beginning of the first half and the beginning of the second half that doesn't mean that we were the better team yeah, Matt. Um, we mentioned before coming coming on live that um, obviously Harris has completely changed the way we've played football. He's brought in a new comp- new style that we've not really seen since 
I think probably probably the Edinburgh days where we we keep a lot of possession. Um, but it's all right having a lot of possession. But if you don't do a lot with it, then it's 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 pretty pointless in the end, isn't it? Yeah, he's, you're spot on. I said before we came on here, I was talking about it and I said it, I likened it to the game where we beat MK Dons at the Priestfield season before last 3-2 and they made 600 passes or something ridiculous, but I think 350 of them were between their keeper and their three centre-backs. You're not going to hurt teams on the edge of your own box. And I just felt that we were so intent on trying to prove that we could play a different way to just hitting the Dane Oliver like we did last season that we sort of forgot that we could switch it up and play a different way. And yeah, there was plenty of occasions where we went centre-back to centre-back, centre-back to left-back, back to the centre-back, out to the right-back. But how far up the pitch did we get? Five, ten yards? And then by the time that we pinged it into maybe Jeffrey's feet or we tried to ping it into um, Jordan Green or Scott Cashkett in wider areas, they were set back in their shape. Back five with three centre-backs, wing-backs tucked in, middle three in midfield compact as well. And suddenly... They were asking questions of us and saying, can you break us down? And, and sadly, we came up woefully short. Yeah, Matt, and the thing is as well, is that if you are if you, if you play that possession style, certainly against a team like Wimbledon, are happy to sit in and, and you have to break them down. You have to move that ball quicker, don't you? Yeah, we had to. And this is, a, like you've said already, this is a team that had not won in 2022. The last win was the 7th of December, 29 league matches ago. All we had to do, even at 1-0, was make sure that we stay in the game because they'd have started to panic. I get that it's a new manager and a new set of players, but the fan base is completely the same. They'd have started to get nervous and edgy. They'd have got a bit panicked. We saw them panic in first half when we pressed them. It didn't take a lot to cause unease in that centre-back area. Um, I think it was Alex Pierce, Will Nightingale got caught out a couple of times. Um, but as you said, we, we stood off too much and allowed them to play into good areas. And then from there, the people like... Ethan Chislett and I thought probably their man of the match and I said this on my own Monday review video I thought their man of the match was Paris Magoma I thought he was superb yeah. he was big he was rangy he passed with both feet and he did everything that we didn't do he did it quickly whether that was moving out uh, moving into our half or just getting the ball moving you say it at any level of football Premier League League 2 non-league Sunday League kids quickest thing on the football pitch is the football um and we went the opposite way and, and slowed it right down. Everything Paris Magoma did was quick and incisive. Everything that we'd seen in pre-season, dare I say. Yeah, it was an odd one, wasn't it? I mean, that we'd gone from, like Matt has alluded to earlier, that we'd gone from this side that um, every player on, on, the, on the pitch in pre-season wanted the football, wanted to showcase what they could do, wanted to be expansive with it, wanted to play in tight areas and take risks. We didn't do that at all Saturday, did we? We didn't play in areas to try and hurt Wimbledon. We played side to side and and almost played to feet where they could quite comfortably close us down. And it was it was it was it was just very almost ended up boring to watch in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it might be a case where you've got some players who were there last year who are so used to playing the way they were last year. It's almost a bit of a fear factor of acclimatising to a new style of play. You know, we were. You know, it's important to, to note that with this new style of player playing out from the back, we're not going to do it overnight. We're not going to suddenly come first game of the pre-season and turn into Real Madrid. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time to not even perfect it, just to get it moving and get us in going in the right direction. With it. I thought, I thought we just took too much time on the ball when we were playing these passes. Oh, Sean Williams, I thought was one of our better players on Saturday, but even he rides a bit too got too much time on the ball for my liking, especially when we were trying to get back into the game. 
I thought, yeah, a lot of it was just side to side where Wimbledon didn't really need to press us at one and up anyway. They were happy with us just passing it around there because obviously we're not going to be able to hurt a team from that position. It just felt like in, in the pre-season games, we were really quick and snappy with it against, you know, Crystal Palace and against Ports of Jordan Green was getting the space on the side every single time to go and take on a man. I think he managed it about twice in the, in the whole game, really, because he just wasn't getting the service quick enough. And by the time the ball got to him, he was already double marked out of the game. So it really began to limit us and all it went on. It looked like we were just a sort of, especially when the second goal went, just sort of devoid of ideas. And as everyone was saying, went back to type of just trying to hit me commander and hopefully get a lucky bounce off him, fall into someone's path. But it just, it just seemed even before the second goal, although we were slightly better in the game, we created a few half chances, you know, the ball across from a cash get after a lovely outside the foot pass from Ben Reeves, which nearly found Jordan Green in the far post. Other than that, there wasn't really anything that we created or we had a sustained period of pressure. We had a sustained period of possession where they kept giving it back to us every time they cleared it. But as we're saying, we weren't doing enough with it to really create a chance. And that was a big problem. Yeah. Um, Josh, um, let's move on to individual performances then. Um, certainly one that, even though um, he was playing in an area that obviously can cost you goals and, and, and defensively we weren't, the best on on Saturday, I actually thought Ikem Baguette had probably one of our one of his best games in a Jill shirt, including pre-season. I thought he, he was he looked comfortable comfortable on the ball. Um, his heading was very good. He was very assertive for a, for a young lad, um, and he showed for me the promise that Ipswich fans were, were talking about when we'd signed him. Yeah, and uh, I agree. I think Elkin Baggett was probably our our best player for large stretches of the game, which is is worrying when your your centre back is, is is your best player and you're not hanging on to a one nil no lead. Um uh, I think the only other player that, that was really quite incisive, I think Ben Reeves did make an impact when he came on second half. Um uh, and I do think that Jordan Green when he when he got the ball to him, well, sorry, when the ball was given to him uh, incisively, uh was good. Uh you know, I've seen some people sort of bemoaning him. Uh, on Twitter, but uh, yeah, I think the rest were all quite quite ponderous and slow for me. Um, yeah, Matt, uh, talk about ind- individual performances. Um, anyone, anyone stand up for you? Or, 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 we can't be all negative all the time, can we? Um, Glenn Morris was man of the match, I think, and that says all all you need to know. For me, I thought he was our best player. Um, yeah. He's made a good save. He's got he's got no chance with either goal. He nearly keeps the second one out. Bless him. He gets a hand to it, but obviously it's it's in the corner it's a good header it's everything that you want a header to be it was in towards the corner and it's down low which always makes it hard for the keeper but he's not helped out he makes the good save from the free kick in the build up to that um, I think he made one more where he come out and smothered one there was one first half where I think Chris Gunter had a shot and it might have taken a nick off of Bagger and, and Morris had to adjust his weight and flick a leg out Excellent to keep it out because that would have been 2 nil before half time so um, I thought Dom Jeffrey's done all right first half. I'm not saying he set the world alight, but you know we've got to bear in mind this is a kid that's coming in that's not really played any senior football. I like the sense that he's very tenacious and he doesn't seem to care for reputations. We saw in the Crystal Palace game where he was he was going up against Wilfred Zaha, and you know there was a bit of handbags and afters. But I like that as long as he doesn't cross the line. We don't want him going into Daniel Phillips territory where he's costing us red cards all the time. Um, but I thought we tried to move it about. I thought we tried to get about the park. Dare I say, he almost tried to do what Magoma did so very well for them, but without really pulling it off all the time. But he kept wanting the ball. He kept trying to make things happen. And I like that in the sense that he's a kid and he doesn't seem to be afraid. Um, 
I'm just looking at my match ratings. Yeah, Ben Reeves has already been mentioned for 15 minutes, threatened to run the show. Baggett, again, probably one of his most solid performances. I think along with Crystal Palace, again, was probably his best display because he's he's realised now that, yes, he can play, he's got two good feet and he can pick a pass, but you can't have too many touches because you're going to get pressed and then you're going to get caught out. Um, Jordan Green, I thought, did very well second half. He never really had any space to run into, but what he kept doing was getting his body in the way of defenders, winning us free kicks in decent areas. Um, and I think he's probably the only one that's really had a shot in anger, hasn't he? He had the one where he tried to stretch from the Ben Reeves pass that Mika Mandron flicked on. He had the left-footed one where he cut inside and, and it went just wide of the post. The only other person I can reveal having a proper shot was Ben Reeves from a free kick that the keeper saved at the second attempt. So that was probably it for me. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, unfortunately, Shay Alexander was an absolute abomination when he came on. Unfortunately, you know, not, that doesn't mean I'm sitting here and writing him off because yeah. it's one game, but that was schoolboy, wasn't it? No awareness of his surroundings, didn't even bother. If, if you're not going to win the ball, at least make yourself big and yeah. try and impede the attacker. But he didn't either, he didn't look, he didn't jump. It, I think it's he weird that he's almost going away from the ball. When yeah. Jack Curry's running towards it, heading into the corner, he's sort of almost then he's looking to run backwards towards the corner flag. But by then, it's clearly too late. But he wasn't a lot worse than Will Wright, unfortunately. And, and I said all summer that it was great that we've actually got two out and out right backs because we very rarely do that. Um, but yeah, in terms of positives, Glenn Morris for me, man of the match, and then probably Baggett, Jeffries, Green, and Reeves. Sean Williams, like we said, was decent enough, but we know what we get with Sean. He's not going to go. And, play 15, you know, killer passes again. He's going to keep us ticking over. Um, yeah. But yeah, there were there were some encouraging signs. Um, and if we go and beat Rochdale at the weekend, which I'm sure we'll get on to, then everyone quickly forgets Wimbledon, don't they? Yeah, very true. It's very true. Um, I, will, I, will, I will come to own, but I, I can't at the moment. Um, Josh, um, yeah, we, we obviously talk about, about the individuals. Um and and we and we and we were all obviously excited when when we mentioned about Mikel Mandron um, coming back into the football club in the summer. Um, was it a, was it a case of feeling sorry for him Saturday, or could he have could he have done more if if criticism? I don't know. I I think that um, almost tactically, I don't think we helped him there. Um, we we played a forty-three-one. Um, and for me, if you're that that sort of target forward or, or 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 main number nine in that system, you need to have someone nearby to to, to you know lay balls off to. And we didn't. You know, Ollie Lee sat quite deep, uh, and the wingers, while not uh, wide and whipping on crosses, were still not really feeding off him. Uh, for me, I think Mika would really benefit, even though he's he's someone that can play to feet. I think he'd really benefit from having like a shadow striker, someone next to him that can, can pick up those loose balls uh, and, and help press from the front for him. Uh, you know, uh, we brought the uh, young lad in Walker uh, from Carpenter in Series D. Perhaps that's a role he can fulfil or perhaps it's a role that, you know, we could look for in the market. I do feel for him. Uh, it wasn't a good performance from him, but I, I think that there, there are reasons why that performance was, was there. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let's uh, let's show a couple of the comments that have been coming in. Ricky uh, says, "I think Neil Harris got the tactics wrong on the day," which is which is interesting. Owen, what do you make of that? 
think Owen's still having problems. Uh, Owen, can you hear me? Yeah, I've got a notification. I've tried to click off it and I've closed the tab by accident. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you make of Ricky's comment then? I can hear you. Yeah, what do you make of Ricky's comment about Neil Harris getting getting tactics wrong? Well, um, I, I think it's probably. I think it's probably a case of the tactics weren't executed more than they were wrong. I think I don't think it was essentially the plan was the wrong idea. I just don't think it was that we have the players out there at the minute that can put it into fruition as well as Neil Harris would like to. I think there's, as I said, there's still a couple of players at least short in this side, and I think it's quite obvious by how we played on on. Um, Saturday that we're not quite there. I know Cash can play that wide, but I don't think he's technically an out-and-out -out winger, not like Jordan Green is anyway. And obviously when you've got Oli Lee, who was so good in pre-season, not playing as well as he, we know he can do, it's obviously a bit more difficult. But I think at the minute, you know, with, with the options we've got, it's probably the, the most ideal formation to go with at the minute. But we'll see what the window brings and if we can add to it and make it a bit better with better personnel. Okay. Uh, Josh, next comment from Terry. Should Ollie Lee be playing? Uh, again, I think, I think it depends on the system. Um, if we play a 4-2-3-1 or, or a 4-4-1-1, uh, I think that there, there is an argument for him to be starting, particularly after the preseason against Palace. He was, he was phenomenal. Uh, and I actually, I think that we set up in a 4-4-1-1 in that, in that game. We had two very clearly defined banks of four. Uh, just, just the way we, we moved the ball was, was different to, to how how you would move it in a four two three one. Um, again, I think it depends upon the personnel that we bring in and, and what what formation we want to play. Because yeah. as Owen said previously, I think that the way we're playing at the moment is is somewhat dictated by the personnel that we have in. Yeah, very true. Uh, Glenn uh, put a comment in. Matt Tamer certainly wasn't man of the match on Saturday. He was actually lucky to stand the pitch for the full 90. Matt, we'll come to you about the Mac, uh, about Max Hamer. Um Yeah, he didn't he didn't have the best of times on Saturday afternoon, did he? No, um, but he's one of probably seven or eight that didn't have the best of games. It just seems to me, and I'm not sitting here and saying he was better than anyone else, but I think Max has become an easy target over the last couple of seasons. Back-to-back um, -back relegations clearly don't help the CV, not for anybody. Um, yeah, he looks like he's been in and out the side for pre-season, I'd say. He looks like he's missed a couple of games and then come back in. Um, yeah, he was probably lucky to stay on. The, that side in tackle first half that earned him a booking, I think it was. And then I think it was a combination of him and Ollie Lee, wasn't it, for the free kick that led to the second goal. So we either could have gone, arguably, because Ollie Lee was already on a yellow card as well. So I think we were probably lucky to get away with that a little bit. Um, it was probably a case of whether it was, it was final warning. But I have said on social media, and I said it in the ground, and I've spoken to people as well since then, I think Max is probably the centre-half at risk if we do want to play this game where we're going to get it to feet and go through the thirds because he's one that's been so used to playing a direct way with us over the last six, seven years where we do go back to front really early. I think he's probably going to be the one that's going to find it most difficult to change. I'm not saying he's poor with his feet, um, but I think he's a centre-back that likes to just clip it into a channel and turn a full-back or a centre-back round, whereas you can see with Bagger, he's happy trying to play it in between and split the forward players and, and split the press, and then we can try and turn and go from there. Um, if someone like a Pierre did come in, 
yeah, I think Max might be one that sees his place under a little bit of jeopardy. Um, I certainly wouldn't, you know, be raging that, that he's part of the four that we can choose from. I think if we did get a PR type in and we had him, Max, Elkan, Bagger and Will Wright, I think it's a decent blend. It's two more experienced ones in Max and Aaron and then obviously Will and, and, and Elkan would be the younger options. But I could see Max potentially coming out of the side if we do manage to bring in another half-decent centre-back for the level, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair comments, fair comments, Matt. Owen, yeah. What did you, what did you make of not just Max's performance, but what did you make of, make of him potentially sh- shouldn't maybe not being on the pitch on Saturday? I think he's gone again, isn't he? <laughs> he's having trouble tonight. Tonight, uh, Josh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he was very lucky. I think the first tackle he just got in the booking was a red card for me. I think it's hot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. High. Yeah. High tackle. Yeah. We did say that, didn't we? We we mentioned it was it was high tackle. I think I think what the saving grace was for the tackle was that he left his he left his back foot along the floor, and I think that was that I think that was the saving grace for him. To be fair, um, did he need to make it? Probably not. But we know after two hundred fifty plus games in a dual shirt, we know what Max is like. Usually, sometimes he throws in needless tackles, um, but. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve White, uh, Matt, this is a comment for you. He wants one of those shirts that you've got on. I lo- I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving the retro shirts tonight, boys. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm liking them. Because I've kept the season so naff. Yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. awful. Uh, yeah, I've seen plenty of clubs that have done sort of retro, uh, modern twists on retro ones, haven't they, for this season? And I don't dislike our shirt. I like the away one probably more than the home one, but yeah, we just seem to use the, the standard Macron template, don't we? I've, I've seen a few this season that I've absolutely fallen in love with. Crystal Palace, I think they probably got three of the best in in terms of a set in the Premier League. Uh, one for me was uh, Coventry's yeah. purple away kit, which is a I think is in homage to their 1996-97 Peugeot um, offering, which was which was really really nice. One of the best I think I've seen in League Two. I think it's Hartlepool's. I think that's really really good. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a I'm a glutton for punishment for for retro football shirts, and uh, I noticed that Owen is just taking his first steps on the slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> many you got now, Matt? How many have you got? Uh, Eighty, I think. All Jills. Yeah. Wow. Eighty. These, wow. This one I've got the yellow one as well, which wasn't made. For retail, I believe, in the 70s. Um, and I think it's Kyle Ponce that actually managed to get hold of a mate who's a printer um, and managed to get some made. And I, yeah, I got them for a very reasonable price. So, yeah, the oldest one I think is 1964, but that's a like a Toffs prototype retro remake. Um, I think I'm just looking at the rack now because it's in the corner of the bedroom. I think the oldest one I've got that's actually an original is probably 1986. Seven Chatham Maritime, but I struggle to get into that. It looks like it's been painted on. <laughs> Josh, I see you've got a retro shot on tonight as well. Yeah. Uh, how was your yeah love affair with, with the Jill's retro stuff? Yeah, uh, all of mine are, are Jill's. I've probably got uh, about a dozen or so uh, over the years. Uh, my oldest one was was one of my first ever. Uh, it's actually. The one that I've owned the longest is one of my first ever Jill's kits. I've still got it. Uh, it's the the fourth shirt, which I'm not sure we ever wore from our championship relegation season. Okay. Uh, 
which had the, the names of all the season ticket holders on, on it. It's brilliant shirt. Oh, the white one with the V-neck collar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, well, yeah I've got that one. 70s. Yeah. Um, and I've got a few few signed as well. Um, a family member of mine is, is related to Barry Ashby, so I've got a signed shirt from, from all of the championship squad, which is Lovely. It's nice. Very um, nice. Very yeah. nice. Right. Let's get back on track before we start getting all retro. Um, yeah. Another comment that's just come in. I, I think we will probably all agree with this one. Um, come from Ricky again. Also, yeah. I think we definitely missed you at O'Keefe on, on Saturday. Would we Would we go along with that, boys? Yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes uh, while it's nice having someone that can, can tick the play over it and be safe in the middle, sometimes I think you just need a destroyer. Uh, and I think that Stuart O'Keefe can really offer that in a way that, that doesn't get himself sent off like uh, like Daniel Phillips would last season. I think someone that can go in and really disrupt the play in the middle of the park, which we know that he can do so well, I think would have, would have offered a lot. And I think, you know, as we've alluded to earlier, I think if we if we'd had someone like that in the middle of the park pressing them, I, I don't know if we, we would have lost the game. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay, um, let's get on to calls for concern then. Um, Matt, we'll come to you. It's it, it seemed like we'd we'd been relegated to the, to the conference south after after um <laughs> after after Saturday, um, where it it blew up on Twitter that it was it was an abysmal performance. It was it was really it was a call for concern. Um, yeah, I I, I, w- I was concerned by the performance, but not concerned in the fact that I think we'll get relegated. I was just more cause concern because I thought we'd come out and be better than that. What would you, what were your thoughts on it all? Yeah, similar. Like we've said already, the words I use were flat and deflating and frustrating. It was, it was all of them because we all get up, don't we? First day of the season, you know, we all have this joke on social media the night before it's, it's football season eve and we all wake up excited. Effectively, it's football's Christmas morning, isn't it? Unfortunately, I ended up with a soggy old walnut and a crappy old Satsuma that was out of date, but such is life. Um, we have to just remember, it's similar to what I said about Wimbledon earlier, James, is that if we'd stayed in the game at 1-0, they'd have got nervous and edgy and their fan base would have probably started getting on top of their players. We have to remember, we're a team that's not used to winning as well, unfortunately. We won eight league games last season. Um, so it's going to take time and we've still got probably more players from that squad that were left under contract than we probably envisaged at the end of the season, having seen Neil Harris's comments. But to counter that and also to sort of go back to the, the one of the comments about Neil getting the tactics wrong, totally disagree with that because these are the same tactics that saw us go toe-to-toe with Portsmouth and be very good against Crystal Palace as well. So I'm not buying into the tactics were incorrect. I just think there were far too many players that had an off day. But um, we know there's gaps in the squad. We, we look to our bench. You look to who they bought on. They had some good options. The lad from Brentford, they'd got in on loan. Our centre-forward option was a 17-year-old kid who I, who I like, Joga Bodhi, I think could play a part in the first team this season. He's very big for a 17-year-old, very athletic, gets about the pitch really well. Um, but in terms of senior pros, Shay Alexander, come on, he's a right-back, regardless of whether he's at fault for the goal or whatever, it's, it's, he's a right-back. Um, Alex McDonald's not fit yet, so it was only really Ben Reeves that was going to come on and try and change the game for us. Um I've said now the next two or three signings or however many we get in have to be at least two that come into the starting eleven. I feel, to make us competitive at that top portion of the table. 
if they're just coming in to pad out numbers again, then I think we're probably going to drop to that sort of mid-table, lower mid-table region. But I'm not going to sit here after one poor performance, having seen us for half of the pre-season games and actually look quite dynamic, quite creative, um, and say that, you know, we're going to struggle now and we're going to be in a relegation battle. It's 90 minutes. Um, frustrating, deflating, but certainly not worthy of the reaction that we saw on social media, in my humble opinion. I'll probably get shot down in flames for being too positive and this and that. But, you know, we all have different opinions, don't we? It was a poor performance. It was a poor result. It was a poor day. It doesn't define the whole season. Josh, would you go along with that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think that it is, it's far too early to be talking about relegation to the National League after one loss against a team that we got relegated with last season. Uh, and who are far further along in their recruiting. I mean, they bought on uh, Carl Hudding, is that his name? The the, the lad from Huddersfield. That's, yeah, Carl Hoodlin, yeah. Yeah, who's six foot ten. And, you know, while young, he is a highly touted prospect, you know. Uh, and we've got Joe Bode on the bench, who, you know, I would like to see play some first team minutes, particularly in the Papa John's trophy. Uh, but we, we didn't have another option. Uh, than that off the bench. So until our recruitment's done, until we get 10 games into the season, I, I just don't know if you can really make that judgment. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Giuseppe said, not worried yet, but we need to play better against Rochdale. Um, Matt, yeah, Matt, like you said, um, if we go and win next week, it's it's all kind of forgotten and we're, we're almost then back to square one, aren't we, where we was? Yeah. Exactly. As long as we don't keep making the same mistakes and, and doing what we did Saturday, then then that's fine. We understand that a lot of these players are on loan. That's the risk you get with loans, isn't it? That, that these players are coming in because they're, they're not the finished article and they drop down in the levels to, to try and get games and gain that experience to push them on to potentially become a finished article at, at whatever relative level. But yeah, we've certainly got to be better and, and that'd be stupid to say otherwise. We're not going to sit here and say it was a good performance against Wimbledon and we was unlucky because we weren't. We weren't good enough. Again, Neil Harris has said plenty of times we have to be better in both boxes. We weren't good enough in either. We weren't clinical enough in theirs or around theirs. And at the crucial time when we were still in the game with 20 minutes to play, we switched off and cost us a second goal. So lots to improve on. I think it's good that we've got a full week before Rochdale. I don't know whether there's going to be any incomings. Hopefully, if we can get one or two in it, it'll give us more options. We'll have Lewis Walker available. So that gives us something different from the bench. I know people, again, were underwhelmed with him. Um I don't see him being the second striker option. I see him being someone that's going to start on the bench predominantly, at least to start with. Looks like he can play through the middle. Looks like he can play from the sides, even drop a little deeper as well. So he'll be someone that can come on, I think, and stretch games, chase games if we need a goal. You know, if we're you know, trailing 1-0 and we need to chuck on a centre forward, he could be the one and then sacrifice a centre midfielder. But I certainly don't think that he's coming in to be the first choice back up to Mika Mandron if Mandron does miss games. I think there will be another front man. Um, and Neil Harris has alluded to that, hasn't he? He said Friday, he said, we still want another attacker and we still want a, another couple of players as well. I can't see us getting more than three, to be quite honest. But yeah, we have to be better against Rochdale. I think we will be better against Rochdale. What we need to make sure we do, though, is if it's not going after our way after 20 minutes, half hour, is, is that we stay with them. We don't get on their backs. We didn't get on their backs against Portsmouth and Palace in the pre-season games. And we were rewarded with very good second-half performances. Yeah. Josh, is it important that on Saturday 
that if things like Matt says aren't going our way after 20, 25 minutes, us as a fan base don't start getting agitated and getting on their backs because then that's just gonna it's gonna make things worse, isn't it? Yeah, I think that it will do. Uh, although unfortunately, I think uh, with the average age of our our fan base, that uh, it, it's somewhat of an inevitability. There will always be grumbles from the Gordon Road stand, won't there? If someone misplays a pass, yeah. um, and uh, I, I think that. You know, it, it's frustrating, even as a fan, watching sometimes that, you know, we have a young player out there, like Baggett, for example, is, is only young, could miss a pass, and suddenly people are on his back. You know, it would be better if we did better. But, you know, it, it is what it is, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dean, um, when it shows, Dean do, uh, Dean says, do, do any of you truly believe we will sign another decent forward? Or is it Mandron? And youngsters. Um, well, uh, Walker isn't a youngster. He is twenty-four and has played sixty uh, odd league games uh, across various clubs, uh, and was fairly prolific for Derby under twenty-threes. Um, personally, I could see us bringing in another utility forward. I don't know if we'll bring in another target man. Someone that again could play in various positions, I, I think, would be what we're looking at. But I don't know. I've not seen any links with us and a forward. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's gone quiet. Okay, um, we've got a few minutes then, and I think this is the perfect way to kind of round it off. We obviously host Rochdale on Saturday afternoon at Priestfield. It's the it's the first home game of the 2022-23 League Two season. Um, Matt. What are you, what are your thoughts ahead of ahead of this one? Be better than Saturday. I think <laughs> it would be the first port of call. Um, yeah. I know that sounds simple, but it, it, it's what we've got to do. We've got to be better with the ball. We've got to be better out of possession. When we've got it, we've got to move it quicker. When we haven't got it and we're defending our box, we've got to make sure that we're switched on, like we wasn't for the second goal. Um, Stuart O'Keefe, hopefully, will be back would be a big plus. Looks like there was a couple that limped off at the weekend, weren't there? Will Wright, certainly. There was rumours afterwards that Dom Jeffries had gone off with a knock, which would make sense considering he was withdrawn at the break. Um, yeah, just just do everything that we did in pre-season. It's, it's, it's just play with a bit of belief, play with a bit of bravery, want the ball, because it looked like Saturday, as soon as the going got tough, there were a couple that went and he'd be on their full-back and he'd be on their centre-back. Didn't want to show for it as much. And then that's when we reverted, reverted to type, didn't we? Where we lumped hub, sort of hope, hopeful diagonals forward into a vicinity of, of Mika Mandron. And Mika's not going to be as dominant in the air as Vidane Oliver was last year. We have to remember that. I think if he gets the ball in and around him, he'd be more refined than V was. Um, but yeah, everything we do, we've just got to do it with a bit more bravery and a bit more zip, I think. And, then, and I think we'd be all right. Yeah. Josh, would you go along with that? Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, clearly we're not the finished article. We don't have everyone, all the personnel that we want. You know, I think Neil Harris would ideally want a, a 22-man plus squad. I don't think we have that currently. Um, but yeah, just play with that little bit more incisiveness. Run at defenders, which is something that I don't think we, we really did at all uh, on Saturday, with a couple of exceptions. Uh, and just be, be brave. I think that that's something we lacked on, on Saturday. Yeah, very true. Okay, perfect way to round it off. Let's hope 
Uh, Neil Harris's men can secure those first three points of the season as we host Rochdale this Saturday. For now, it isn't all doom and gloom. There are still 45 games to go. I promise you, we are not relegated just yet. Tonight, you've been watching the ME7 podcast. Josh, Matt, you've been absolutely brilliant this evening. Thank you ever so much for your time. Thank you, mate. Um, Yeah, you've been watching the ME7 podcast, episode 16. Don't forget to like us on, uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, um, and always up the deals. 